octo-check on that one. <laughs> We're going to octo-check that right up. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 168 of the American Made Podcast Unscripted. <laughs> I am one of your co-hosts, Bill Petrie. With me as always, and once again named by the good, strong Mandy Rudd, Kirby, the titan of tumblers, the titan of turvis tumblers, Hossaman. Oh, okay. Wow, that is really good. You guys are you guys are bringing it uh, all of a sudden on the nicknames. Kudos to you and to Mandy on that. Um, yes, that's pretty cool. Well, like I said, we were texting back and forth, and we're both fans of alliteration. And <laughs> yes. so she 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 was having fun with it. We were having a little good time with it. So yes, you are the titan of Turvis tumblers. Yes. Um, and yeah. so I hope that you feel that moniker fits you, um, being you. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. So, so how are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Do you know what else is fantastic, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, thank you so much for asking. That would be our good friends over at Common Skew. Yes. You know what? They make that game-changing software for distributors. You've been a customer and an early adopter since just about day one, if if not actually day one. <laughs> you know been how. There a while. <laughs> you know how it helps streamline your workflow. It connects your team and ways you really couldn't before. It helps you impress your clients. I know you love that feature, yes. the, the presentation features. helps you collaborate with all your supplier partners. And most importantly, you wrap all of that together in a bow, and that bow spells grow your business. <laughs> That is a that's a big long bow with lots. It of It is a big yes. long bow, lots of levers, very flowery, but it does help you grow your business, doesn't it, Kirby? It does, and, and I'll tell you, it, it not only helps you grow your business. I think it does make you. It sort of elevates the way you show up to your clients, which is super important. And it, it's great to work with teams. One of the things that I like is that you know you can hand off a project to somebody and they can pick it up lickety split. They've got all the information in front of you. And it, it, it sounds silly, but we used to do stuff where you'd send a presentation six months later a client would come back and be like oh yeah i want to order that thing and you're like oh where did i find that and what you know how much did it cost and what is all and that's all there for you um with you know no hiccups at common skew well and the fact that you can do it as you so adroitly put it lickety split (laughs) if that doesn't get your attention listener i don't know what the hell will so I, i i'm gonna ask you right now to put this podcast on pause go ahead well, well, in a second. Let me say something, then put it on pause. <laughs> and I want you to, just like, in four seconds, I want you to hit pause and go to commaskew.com slash unscripted. You won't be sorry you did. And then when you're done reviewing that, hit the pause button again, which will then start the play again, and you'll enjoy this Balsa Wood Level podcast. I love it. All right. All right, Kirby, I always like to remind people, except when I forget to, that our podcast <laughs> is also available on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can just go there. You find the little search engine. It usually has a little magnifying glass next to it. You type in promo corner, and you hit the handy subscribe button. And it's no boss, no fuss. Right, Kirby? It is very, very easy. And I bet they could do it lickety-split. Lickety-split. Okay. Kirby, do you do you want me to start off at the topic, or would you like to start off at the topic? Go for you, it, my friend. All right. So, Kirby, this interests me. Okay. So, 
I am a fan of Doritos. I'm not eating them right now, but I'm a fan of the Dorito corn chip. Okay. Are you a fan of the Dorito corn chip? I I like Doritos. Is there a conspiracy theory in my future? (laughs) There is a – the second largest fraud perpetrated on the American – No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Okay, good. But they have decided, and Doritos, full transparency, is owned by Pepsi Cola. There's a big conglomerate there. Right. The Doritos brand has decided that Gen Z – doesn't like branding. Okay. Doesn't like branding at all. And so they have a new approach, and they're calling it another level. And they are putting out uh, packages of Cool Ranch Doritos in just a plain blue bag. No no writing on it at all. It's just that iconic blue color of Cool Ranch Doritos. Same thing with Nacho Cheese Doritos, that weird hybrid red-orange, whatever that is. Let's, okay. call, it, let's call it Roarange. Okay. Love it. They've changed their Twitter handle to logo underscore goes underscore here. They've changed their website to thelogogoesher.com. There's no images on of the chip packets uh, of chip chip packages on the website. It just says what products you already know. Okay. So the hmm. thought behind it is, and this is a quote from them: "We are focused on the audience we are calling emerging adults." Newer generations are increasingly turned off by blatant promotional marketing. Mm. Kirby, I'd like your thoughts on this. I have some. Mm. I'd like your thoughts on this. Is this a trend or is this just a cheap sales gimmick like the peanut M&M's conspiracy? (laughs) Okay, so I'll preface this by saying I, of course, am not in Gen Z. um, But uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) You're not. Yeah. I am not. Neither am um, I. I think this is wildly stupid, and I don't agree with it at all. Um, so I don't believe that uh, Gen Z doesn't agree with brands. I, you know, I, that has not been my experience in dealing with folks from that generation or any generation. I actually think branding is becoming more important, not less. This feels like something that is just something that they're doing to to bring it. You know, it's like a this is a short term like blitz play to get people talking about it, to create um, press, to create um, sort of a buzz in the short term that you can all of a sudden be trending on Twitter. But let me just tell you, when you start to order your corn chips uh, through, <laughs> uh, through audio, through you know uh, Alexa, that brand's mm-hmm. going to matter more, not less. So mm-hmm. I, I actually think this is, this is a short-term play, and I think it's – not not a great idea. So I That's disagree with you, actually. Okay. I completely, actually completely disagree with you. Okay. I, I do think it's a short-term play. I will agree with you there. I mean, obviously, okay. they're going to bring bags back with the Doritos brand on it. But I do think people want more subtlety, more elegance in branding. I think you're seeing more tone-on-tone, more, more subtle branding opportunities than just the big broadcast, which is normally associated with brand messaging. And what I would say, though, is that you just said they want more subtlety in the branding, but they still want branding. They're not gonna, you're not going to buy a bag of – there's no way. If you want to tell me that you're going to do the, the tone-on-tone Doritos logo, okay, I, I, that makes sense. But the idea of I want to know what I'm buying, that's not going away. No, I agree with you, and, yeah. and especially in retail, right? Yes. When, when you're in a – yeah, I, I agree. I'm just talking in yeah. general. Yeah. And so, again, in our industry, I actually think it makes a ton of sense because – And that's where I'm really – Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to correlate it back to our industry. Yeah. I, I think there is a trend to that. I just think it's interesting that it's actually hitting retail. Yeah. I think maybe for 
once, and I guess this was what I was trying to get to, I think maybe for once a very one of the very, very rare occasions where our industry is actually leading that in oh, retails following us. So, yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. So I agree with you. I'm sorry. I didn't make that very clear. I was still very angry about the whole M&M's thing from last week, <laughs> right. quite honestly. Um, but, you know, I, when it, when it, what we do in terms of – you know, trying to create elegance in a product that essentially is a, a commercial, a, a branded merchandise. It is a marketing vehicle. When you try to do some subtlety there, to see that following in the retail market, I find incredibly interesting. Yeah. Well, again, I, this is one of those things where, to me, every once in a while, an ad campaign or a um, just a marketing campaign or whatever outthinks the room a little bit. This mm-hmm. feels like to me. This feels like one of those where they're outthinking the room. A I, here's what I think, and I, I here's what I think is brilliant. I think just the bags with nothing on them is brilliant. I do. Okay. I think changing the Twitter handle is stupid. I think changing the website is also stupid. I think just I think is an interesting social experiment just to have a, a blue bag where Cool Ranch Doritos used to be. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I, I do think that. I don't know. I don't know how that translates into sales, and obviously that's what it all boils down to. You do the marketing so you can sell stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, again, I thought it was interesting. I do think the the emerging adults, Gen Z, whatever, <laughs> so dumb. Emerging adults. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the emerging adults are not going to buy the emerging blue bags. No. Well, I, <laughs> but I do think when it comes to our industry, they are looking for more elegance and yes, less, I agree with that. less overt branding. Yep. You know, I've, I have fought a war against um, really loud. I like corporate apparel, but I don't like really loud corporate apparel, right? Sure. I don't want mm-hmm. your logo shoved in my face. Totally. But there's something I love about an elegant uh, polo that's decorated with a tone-on-tone, half-step up, down, down, whatever. That I like a lot. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing more in the Gen Z section of the world. Yeah, and it actually reminds me of a conversation I had last week with um, a supplier partner that was in here. And he said that the way he looked at apparel was mm-hmm. that left chest means you work for the company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. He said, if somebody knocks on my door and they mm-hmm. say they're representing True Lawn or somebody mm-hmm. like that, my eyes naturally go to their left chest to see if they actually represent the company. But mm-hmm. that means your customers don't necessarily want to wear that. Because, yeah. they, you know what I mean? They'll take the logo on the sleeve or the back. And I thought that was a different way of looking at it. And I think it goes to your point. Well, yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. So that's cool. awesome. Awesome. Kirby, do you have a topic you'd like to regale us with? I do. So the other night, and of course, uh, again, this is one of those outside the podcast thing. You, me, Josh Robbins, and uh, Andrew Nysenall, there were a bunch mm-hmm. of us who participated in a uh, fantasy football draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, first of all, I wanted to thank Josh for putting that together. He kind of put it out on Facebook and just gathered a group of people. Um, I haven't done fantasy football in 15, 20 years or whatever. So um, it was a totally new experience for me um, we did the draft on a Friday night and you know each of us were you know chatting online we had Google Hangouts going mm-hmm. and I want to tell you and I don't think you and I've talked much about this I had a freaking blast that night and it, like to the point where I was like do we really have to do this fantasy draft can we just sit here and have beers and talk on Google Hangouts um, because it allowed uh, us to just you know connect in a in a fun way outside of the work environment, and it reminded me of the you know the conversation we had about the Ragnar event, where mm-hmm. it was like a different kind of business networking. 
Um, those, A, I wanted to ask you if you think, you know, I feel like more and more of those are showing up. Do you think that's good? And B, um, I kind of think it, it creates a different kind of connection than, you know, your traditional, you know, shaking hands, having a cocktail at the bar mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, is this an... Is this continuing to be an emerging trend? Do you feel like there's a greater connection, or is it just different? You mean with video? You mean with video? No, I just mean outs unorthodox networking events. Oh, okay, got it. So, does that make sense? So not yeah, the traditional yeah. stuff. No, I, I was thinking you were kind of going in a video route, like nope. using Google Hangouts. So nope. I misunderstood because yeah. I wasn't listening and writing. Notes. <laughs> um, be that as it may, yeah, I think you know. Again, it kind of bleeds into something we spoke about last week, at least for me. I don't believe in the concept of a work-life balance. Um, If you like what you do, things blend together. Um, If you hate what you do, you're seeking to to balance the scales in in the other direction, and it becomes this – you kind of chase the dragon, and it never really evens out. Right. The fact that we are able to do something like that in our industry – with people I like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a pleasure. It was like getting with a group of friends. Who cares that I met them through the promotional products industry? Yeah. And so I do think from that perspective, it was a huge success. From a networking perspective, I think it's interesting. I think you, you bring up something I haven't really thought about. Um, I, I think there's some merit there. I think you'd have to be, I don't know, man, it gets to a point. Because here's the thing. We did it on Google Hangouts because... We're all over the place. Right. If we were all in the same city, we would have done it together, which is ironic because Josh lives 10 miles from me and I couldn't <laughs> get off my ass and go to his house uh, or vice versa. Um, I, I don't know. There's still something about that personal touch, that connection, the mm-hmm. actual handshake, the the uh, being physically there. But I do think you're onto something there. I do think there are some networking opportunities that can go in that uh, direction. Yeah. Well, and I I don't necessarily mean that it has to be technology-based. I guess right. I just mean, like, when I talk about the Ragnar, that was very much in person. Eight oh, very much in so. Tent, <laughs> um, and doing the running thing. But the idea that it's just outside of the realm, and obviously kudos to Dana Zezos for putting the, the Ragnar together and Josh. Like, I just, I remember, like, I was mowing, and I was, like, thinking about that event going that was really fun i would do that again on friday (laughs) yeah no and i think no i think more things like that where you can take people out of their comfort zone because we're all comfortable meeting at a bar and having a networking event taking people to that ragnar race doing something like you like we did last friday the fantasy football i think there is merit to that to creating a promo experience which is what dane has been trying to do for for a couple of years now so yeah. no i think there's a lot of merit to that quite honestly yeah i, d- I think we just get to know each other differently right like i was yep. i was thinking about it we were a little bit more unedited even there <laughs> maybe it was the cocktails um but it was like people got a little bit of behind the scenes uh conversation yeah, i think i think damon i think damon sabosa sabasa was uh a little little off put by your your colorful language <laughs> yeah i was i was a little bit more uh candid which is yeah. to say i'd had several beers well and we also learned you are a collector of encyclopedia britannicas <laughs> except that they're not but, the classic books but what but, but they kind of are yeah. um no but i think you're right I, I do think the more opportunities we can have and i think it's one of the things the regionals struggle, struggle with all the time how do we create networking events that are different than what they've always been right now that's cool that, good 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 one kirby i like all right speaking of like 
I don't know if you heard this, Kirby. Facebook. Are you familiar with mm. Facebook? Are you on Facebook? I've, I've, I've heard of it, yes. Excellent. So Facebook is considering removing like counts, mm-hmm. just like how Instagram has. Have you seen yeah. this? Yeah, Instagram's done it in Australia, right? No, they've done it here, too. They so have you, done it here as well, you, yes. Yeah, if you actually uh, use your portable Google machine and get on Instagram, you can actually see they, they don't count anymore. They just have, you know, and you have the little like, and it's maybe one or two people you know, and, and that's it. I mean, okay. just, yeah. So they, um, so this might have measurable impact, though, on those brand influencer and the relations they have. Mm-hmm. So especially in terms of how brands and advertisers evaluate which influencers they might want to build partnerships with. What mm-hmm. thoughts do you have on that? I think that um, my initial reaction, and I wasn't thinking of it from an influencer perspective, but so to answer your question, I would say, that it will become more results-driven from an influencer perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I I actually, I've been listening to Gary Vaynerchuk talk a lot about this, and I I, I agree with him in the sense that I think it will actually, hopefully, start to enforce better behavior. I think so many times um, we, you know, I think of, you know, I have young daughters, so I, yep. I definitely view it through the the lens of of uh, young people. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes they post things that um, are not as great, or they don't believe in as much uh-huh. because they don't get as many likes. But uh-huh. like, uh, you know, if well, I'll use a Gary uses the example of a a guy who's trying to be a fitness uh, personal trainer. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like, he wants to do a piece of content that tells you that you need to eat more protein and less carbs or whatever, but that one doesn't get as much many likes as a kind of a, a douchey picture with his uh, shirt off. Right. And so he, he defaults to the, the picture with his shirt off because it gets more likes. So mm-hmm. it's reinforcing bad behavior mm-hmm. that, um, and again, everybody can do what they want to do, but uh, essentially to try, in my mind, I think it'll start to enforce, reinforce uh, things that actually matter rather mm-hmm. than um, just at a glance kind of uh, shallowness, if that okay. makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and my thoughts were, you know, I think influencers are going to have to really craft more valuable content. Right, exactly. They're not they're not going to rely on likes anymore to grab the attention of a brand. Right. So they're gonna, their, their content they're going to have to create is much more valuable. That spoke right into what you were saying. And the other thing I thought of is brands, in turn, are going to have to become far more invested in the evaluation process right. of who they are forming a relationship with. They have to look beyond uh, how popular someone's post may appear to be just from simple number of likes. Right. Um, so I, I think it's actually going to... Um, similar to what you're saying, I'm just going to go off a little different tangent. I think it's actually going to enhance the real influencers quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, because again, it'll become more, much more results driven. And I think that the thing about influencer marketing that I think is super interesting as it emerges is that, of course, everybody wants the the, the huge influencer mm-hmm. um, because you know their reach. But there's you know you're going to reach a lot of people that you don't need to reach. I think right. a lot of times in influencers, just like um, you know, it becomes more of a niche market that there's people with not the follower count, but they they speak to the audience you want to speak to. Mm-hmm. Those are the folks where you, quite frankly, have better value. And uh, yeah, no, I, I I think that this is an interesting thing that is evolving as we speak. And I, I to me, that's fascinating. Yeah, it is interesting. And I thought you'd want to discuss it. Kirby, you got another topic for us? I do, I do. So I was just a few minutes ago. I mentioned that I was thinking about something from the mower, and in my <laughs> 
in my uh, organization, whenever um, anybody on my team gets an email and the subject line is thoughts from the mower or thoughts from the run, mm-hmm. I, I think they, they all go, oh, God, mm-hmm. right? Because that's when I tend to come up with my craziest ideas. And it, it occurred to me last night because uh, I was coming up with topics for this uh, this podcast. And as I was going home, I'm like, gosh, I really need to come up with podcast topics. But wait, I have to mow. That's perfect. So I have places where I go for my inspiration. Like, and when I, not like a podcast or something like that, but just where I get quiet and think, and that's where mm-hmm. I come up with ideas. I was curious about you. Where are your places where you... Or, or, or do you have one at all? Is it just everywhere? I, I know in your little Billy brain, there's there's ideas coming all the time. Mm-hmm. But is there a place where you're like, you know what? I need to get lost in thought. This is where I'm going to go or this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, so a couple of places, definitely. Uh, one is my backyard. I, I've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, you know, sometimes I go out there and just kind of just look in the woods and just kind of let my brain go where it goes. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've gotten into, as I'm driving to places in Nashville or to the airport or to work, whatever, mm-hmm. in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of let my brain again go. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I also still, every day, as much as I can, there are times I skip, but I try to meditate. Right. And, and what I do, and it's my form of meditation. I don't have a mantra. I don't you know, do probably strict meditation. But what I do is I, I will sit in my chair at work and I'll shut my door and I'll close my eyes. No music, no stimulus whatsoever. My phone's off and I'll just let my brain go. Right. Just let it wander. And, and, and if, if people do that, you realize how wonderful and, and delicious your brain is because it goes <laughs> in these wacky places that really spur creativity. You know, as a society, we don't embrace silence nearly as much as we, we should. Agreed. We don't really, uh, you know, we have con- we're constantly bombarded by what's in our ears and what we're seeing in front of us and all that. And to slow down and just kind of let your brain kind of pause and go, hey, dummy, haven't thought of this, have you? <laughs> I really like that. So those, that's where I go. I don't, um, I don't mow the lawn. Uh, we have, I, know. <laughs> I, I, when I blew out my Achilles, I hung up my mowing shoes, and uh, so I don't do that. And that's actually uh, why I wanted to ask you because I was like, I know you don't mow, so where do you go? Because like yeah. that's one of the places I get, I get ideas. Yeah. So no, I, I, I have to. I have to make the space. I have yeah, to create the like space. Um, now, back when I used to swim to work out, mm-hmm. that was where I did it. That was yeah, where it did. That actually it, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Um, I got I got one uh, one more quick one, if that's okay, Kirby, sure, before of we course. move on. And this came in uh, as a suggestion from our good pal, uh, Daniel Rosen, who oh, is the right. co-president of uh, Brand Fuel, and he's also on the PPI board. He's a good, strong listener of this uh, fine broadcast every week, I believe. Yes. So he, he shared something. Uh, there's a trade show that's happening, Kirby, and I know you're yes. aware of it, so I won't pander and ask you if you've heard of it, because I know you have. Right. Because you got the same email I did. <laughs> exactly. It is called the Made in America Trade Show. Yes. And after doing a bit of research, it is in a Made in American movement. Um, it's a fir- what they call it's a first ever event okay. to quote champion American made products and manufacturing. It's going to be held October third through sixth in Indianapolis. Okay. And the idea is to inspire American made innovation, drive, and passion. Kirby. 
What are your thoughts on that? What what is your what what are your lawnmower thoughts on this topic? <laughs> and so, can you tell us lickety split? I can tell you lickety split. So I would say I, I went just like you did. A, a thanks, Danny. Anytime you send us topics, we love that. Thanks um, to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I went and checked it out. My first inclination when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. I dug into the website, and I thought the website, I, I don't know, the tone of it was just, um, it felt a little over the top and cheesy. Um, deep voice, voiceovers, and all that sort of thing. I also love that their their uh, lineup of speakers uh, included people they'd reached out to but had not heard from, including Mike Pence and Donald Trump. Um, that felt a little weird to me. <laughs> like, yeah, we're pretty sure Donald Trump's going to um, show up, but he hasn't replied to our emails yet. Um, so I think the idea of celebrating things that are made in the USA, I love. That's great. It, it, I'm not sure that the tone of the overall website made me go, ooh, I can't wait to go there. Yeah, I get it. Um, and so here's what I thought. I thought the same thing, too. I felt like it was a political ad almost looking at the, the <laughs> yeah. website. It was like, the Russians are trying to steal your children. Yeah. You know, it was one of those type of things. Oh, it but, very much was. <laughs> yeah. But I get it, though. On some level, I actually kind of get it. Um, and I don't think there's a – I think I was I, at first I went in looking like, oh, God, are you serious? This is dumb and stupid. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I don't think that's a bad idea to have a trade show focused solely on American-made products. Yeah. I actually don't think that's a bad idea. Oh, me neither. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. I, and I don't think you think it's a bad idea. Um, I just it, – it, but, I, again, the, it was a little heavy-handed. Um, the website, word, yeah. it was a little, um, it was a little uh, assaulting. The website, <laughs> um, lots of bald eagles, lots of, <laughs> lots of, lots of flags. Hashtag um, America. Yeah. Well, and it kind of started feeling like it was elitist on some level. Yeah. I like the idea behind it, not loving the execution. Fair, fair. So, I like it. That's good. All right. Well, you know where I do like the execution, though, Kirby? Where's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be our good, strong friends over at Tervis. You know, one of my favorite things about Tervis, Mm -hmm. and I've got a lot of them, but we only have a certain amount of time to record this podcast, so I can't (laughs) get into every one. But the one I'm going to focus on today is sustainability. Do you know that Americans, and we just talked about Americans, they dispose of about 50 billion, that's with a B, single-use plastic water bottles each year, and only only 23% are recycled. That's crazy. So that means 38 billion single-use water bottles enter landfills. And about 500 billion, um, just, yes, 500 billion disposable cups are thrown away uh, in the U.S. each year. So what Tervis does, obviously they create great drinkware, but one of the things people don't really realize when you buy a piece of Tervis drinkware, you get a, you give a, Tervis, a piece of Tervis drinkware out, hmm. you're actually creating something sustainable because they produce and ship over 150 million tumblers since 2000s, which could have presented over a billion uh, single-use water bottles for entering landfills. They've been making those high-quality, reusable plastic drinkware last longer than, obviously, a red Solo cup or (laughs) a a, a single-use water bottle. Um, You know, they're colorful and expensive designs. They make it something that people want to hold on for a lifetime. They really do. And they offer that industry-leading guarantee that ensures any product that's defective and returned to us is not only replaced with a new one to encourage uh, uh, 
a sustainable practice that we'll give a new one. The return drinkware, they don't just recycle it. They actually upcycle it into new reusable materials to prevent any contribution to the waste system. Wow. So it's a full circle process that they really look at from an eco-friendly um, perspective. And I absolutely love that. Cool. Um, cool. That's awesome. So if you want to learn a little bit more, go to TurvisPromos.com. They're such a wonderful company and really great people who work there. Uh, you know, they're obviously a client of ours, um, and our clients have turned into friends. Just really great people. So cool. go ahead and give them a shot. Awesome. I love it. All right. Um, Where are I, we? I think it's we promo are, person I'm of so the week, lost. Right? We are at the promo person of the week, Kirby. <laughs> and as we talk about that's dedicated to highlight that one person in the promo industry that's making us take notice, really getting our attention. And my it is my week for the promo purpose of pur- purpose. Promo person of the week, and I yes. choose Jason Noakes from nice. Promo Pulse. Nice. You had him on Delivering Marketing Joy last week. Um, I've known Jason for a number of years. Uh, just first of all, just a, a really nice human being. I always yeah. enjoy spending time with him. Um, he, myself, David Chilch, usually spend some time in Vegas together watching a couple bands. He's a big music guy. But he started uh, Promo Pulse, which is an app uh, that is completely focused on the promotional products industry and really focused on distributors, making sure they have an aggregated central site for content, yeah. um, for supplier specials, for news in the industry. What a genius idea it is. And, and to see it, and I've known about this uh, for quite a while, because like I said, Jason's a friend, so I was sworn to secrecy for a long time. To see it actually come to fruition and see it take off the way it's taking off, really, really cool. So I choose as my promo person of the week the one and only Jason Noakes. I absolutely love that one. I'll be honest with you. He was one of the people who was on my short list of folks to name as well. Jason, I, I think that what they're what he's doing over there is very innovative. I've got the app on my phone. Um, and yeah, very, very cool. Jason, congratulations. Your box of unlimited high fives, I'm sure. Uh, Bill can use his shipper number, but it'll be on his way. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We're <laughs> going to send that COD to Jason. Okay, perfect. Awesome. All right, Kirby, do you have a best ever for us? Yeah. So this week, um, I was, I, you know, this is one where we've been, this is a fairly new, but I was trying to go around. We've done best books. We've done best vacations. Tried to be a little introspective here, and I was thinking about, what about the best advice ever? Oh. So the best advice you've ever gotten, and I will say that this is one that I understand that I'm totally kind of catching you off guard. So I have mine, and I can yeah. give you mine and let you cogitate and pretend that you listen. No, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer that. I think <laughs> okay, the perfect. best. I think the best advice I've ever given, been given, not given out, yeah. um, was – and, and it was a friend of mine who said it a long, long time ago. And, and we talked about this in an earlier podcast, maybe it was last week, that I used to stress over stuff. I, mean, I used mm. to do things I didn't want to do. I, I, you know, and I'd bitch and complain about it. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm, uh, we've talked about I'm a radically different person today than I was, you know, four or five years ago, let alone 10 years ago. Um, but I have a very, it was a very simple philosophy that I've adopted as my own. If it doesn't make me happy or doesn't make me money, I generally don't do things. Mm. And it's a wonderful perspective on life. It's very short and sweet. So one could say, well, well, that's, you know, that prevents me from calling someone an asshole when they cut me <laughs> off in traffic. But, you know, sometimes it makes me happy to do that, <laughs> right? And that's okay. 
Um, you well, know, why it, do it, why do I do things for free sometimes? Because it makes me happy, gives yes. me joy. Right. Um, so I, I think it's a really good way to look at life and make sure that what you do always is done with a positive spin. And then I'll, I'm going to give two pieces of, yeah, of advice. Sure. Um, and this was a piece of advice I got a long time ago. And um, is whatever you know with your children, you get frustrated with them, you get angry with them, you you. You know, you know how it is being a parent. Yes, it's it's, or, it's a gamut of emotions. Sometimes all within the same hour. And no matter what you do, do it with love. Um, always do things with love. So I I don't know if those are good, but that's my great. my answers. They're great. And I I just want to say for you, like when sometimes people could look at yours and say, if it doesn't make me happy, doesn't make me money. Like they might look at it as selfish. And I know you well enough to know that that's not true. Things mm-hmm. that often you being selfless is what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah. I think that's really good. So um, so mine, the first one that popped into my head was was from a business perspective. Early um, business advice was from a sales uh, sort of trainer, and he was like, when in doubt, go see the people. And I have found, regardless of whether phones or technology or social media or emails or texts, when I get in front of a client, good things happen still yeah. to this day. So um, when in doubt, go see the people. And then I remember vividly... Um, that you, my father told me uh, we were. I was probably 15 or 16 years old. We were out to to dinner with my family, and I. He said that you can't control what happens to to you. You can only control you know how you respond to yep, things that that's happen. A great, you can yeah. c- control the piece. And it was funny because he said you can't control what happens to you. You can only control how you respond to what happens to you. And then he followed it up by he was like, "Damn, that's kind of deep. Someone should write that shit down." <laughs> And so I actually physically wrote that on a napkin and carried it around with me uh, for years afterwards, A, because it's good advice, and B, because it was such a cool, authentic moment. I'm going to add one that I absolutely love. Um, It's listen with the intent to hear, not with the intent to respond. That's a good that's, one. That's a good mm, That is a good one. Cool. All right. Um, so you know what else is good, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That'd be our good, strong friends over at Common Skew. We talked whoop, about whoop. It at the top of the podcast. Make that game-changing software. It's going to help you. If you're a distributor and you're not affiliated with, uh, you know, you don't subscribe, you're not a customer of Common Skew, wow, you really should consider that, and I'll tell you why. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> going to streamline your workflow? Check. Connect your team? Check. Impress your clients, double check. Collaborate with suppliers, oh, triple check. Grow your business, octo octo check on that one. <laughs> We're going to octo check that right up. So um, if you want to learn more really how CommonSkew can really help you streamline your business and help you grow your business, go ahead and head over to commonskew.com slash unscripted. You're not going to be sorry you did. Kirby, as always, a blast to podcast with you today. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.